and we're live hi guys welcome to the episode of the Nigerian Sports Fan Podcast I'm your host David and well thank you Man City <laughs> you've saved my summer I mean you you kind of really sit down and really look at and I was look back and think what would have happened if Arsenal had done the unthinkable I mean my phone would have been blowing up I mean if you follow my episodes all through the season I've been I've always been talking about the fear of Arsenal, you know, doing the unthinkable, and you know, Man City came through for me, and I just have to thank them. <laughs> so Arsenal lost the league, uh, lost to Nottingham Forest yesterday, and um, in the Nottingham Forest game, something interesting I want to talk about: Tarawuni, our compatriot, scoring um, his, sixth, his fifth goal in the last three match consecutive matches to help Nottingham Forest secure Premier League football for the next season. And um, yeah, there's a lot of things to talk about in this episode. I think I just don't have to waste a lot of time. Let's just get deep into this episode. Listen, I'm not gonna let the mental gymnastics that Arsenal are trying to pull. I'm not gonna let it. I'm not gonna let it play out. You know, you know what they're trying to do now is um, oh, we didn't bottle it. We're playing. We're, we're challenging against the um look at that nasty squad you're yeah, to challenge against you know everybody's trying to trying to backtrack now to be fair a lot of arsenal fans were very um diplomatic about the answers so around january february if you had asked a lot of them they would say i think even december 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 january february ish no i said december january that's what i would say right a lot of them were quite diplomatic about the answers right before 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 Manchester went to the before Manchester went to the emirates to beat them the answers were very, very political, you know, very diplomatic. But a lot of them just couldn't hold it in and then they just started, you know, going all out. I think most fans, most sports fans, listen, sports fans would make fun of them anyways. I mean, they bottled it, let's be real, right? But I think most fans would, but a lot of football fans, if they wanted to make fun of Arsenal, if Arsenal were a bit, you know, um, um, how would I put it? You know, if they were, let's say, use it's more than the right word to use here. You need to be a bit more respectful, you know, about how they made comments. If we're not seeing things like, I will not take any version of Martinelli, sorry, any version of Hazard over Martinelli. You know, when you start seeing Saka and Martinelli are up there with as good as Robin and Ribery, you know, when you start seeing things like that, and then you start seeing them giving a big, you know, giving a big one, going on like, you know, the best squad, you know, when you see seeing those comments, you're like, okay, I see what you guys are about. Just, <laughs> everything I tell. A friend of mine, a national supporting friend of mine, every Monday, he would send me pictures of Premier League, the screenshots of the Premier League table, Arsenal being top, with I think 11 points clear. He would send that and we have 8 points, so 11 points. You know, that and they were very clear, well, they had a huge gap, right? He would send me screenshots every Sunday. The other, another one would send me a screenshot of Arteta doing the shush, um, it's, a, it's a picture of Arteta doing the shush, you know, um, sign or some gesture. You know, so every Sunday, that was what I was getting. And trust me, you, 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 I don't want to be. You don't want to be in my shoes. <laughs> you don't want to be in my shoes. So to see Arsenal bustle it and capitulate, you know, basically fall apart. It's it's so beauty to watch. Listen, remember very well in January, the January window ended. I I said that I am happy with how the window ended. I specifically said that because I felt listen, Arsenal January window. You're in a situation where. You're in a title challenge, you're in a title race, you have to go for it. I've always made this, I made this analogy time and time again. I said, if you're going for a job interview, you have a certain figure in mind that you want as a salary. You get there, you find out that the job, they are offering you 10x that amount. 
you're not going to go there and say, well, give me the figure I have in mind. You're going to try and negotiate for even more. You will try and negotiate for even more because you'll be like, wait, if this is a basic point, you're signing up, let me see if I can get more. That is exactly how, you know, it works, you know, in, in this space. That's exactly how it works in life. You know, if you're, if you're in a situation, you stumbled on a good, on a chance. Let's say you have a figure, something in your mind, and then you stumble on, on a good, on something good. And you're, okay. you're not going to trade it. It's normal. So, I felt like, listen, you're in January. You're even 11 points clear at some point. 11 points clear. Yes, you say game in hand. I get it. But until you win those games, they are not game, they are not they are not points. But so statistically, at the time, at the time they were at the time of recording, at the time of writing, at the time at the time they were writing, or at that time of writing, Arsenal were told the league with 11 points. January comes along. I mean, what is your business with um, getting? Um, what's your business with whether Manchester Manchester are, are, are in poor form? They're not getting form. They're not informed, right? They've had to. They've had issues. They're issue, they tweaking tactics. They're tweaking tweaking tactics a lot. They've not. They're not settled. They're all over the place, right? They've been all over the place for half of the season. What is? What should you do? Go into the window. Get a quality striker to get you goals. Because Jesus was injured at the time. Get a striker to get you goals. Yes. Oh, Nketiah was scoring. Okay, fine. Get somebody quality to score you goals. I don't care. Nketiah just isn't the guy. Get somebody, and even though listen, he, he did fool us at the time. He was like, "Oh yeah, I'm the best thing since sliced bread." But you go out there, you get somebody to score the goals. You get a midfielder to come in in that middle of a party. Then if you're gonna get a centre back, Kiwi or is not the guy. There's a reason he plays for Spetsy, and there's a reason he costs that amount of money. This is, I'm not saying that you can't see quality footballers in sides that are less, you know, fancied. But there are times when there are players that are just too big for that. They are too big for the boots. They are too big for their boots, you know. <laughs> I'm saying that in a positive way. There are players that are just too big. There are big fishes in, in small ponds. There are many players like that. Van Dijk and Saddam at the time, you know, are, it happens. Mane and Saddam thing. You know, it happens. But Kiwi or just isn't the guy, as in as we've shown. Yes. You know, maybe players, but if you want, if you're in a situation where you're in a position where you want to challenge, where you want to win the league, you should be getting better. They didn't do that. They went and brought in Jorginho. When we were chasing Moses Caicedo, I was really scared. I mean, I made that really known when I was recording around that period during the window in January, right? I was like Moses Caicedo. I was so scared. I was so worried because I know what that guy was capable of at Bright. He's capable of at Brighton. Then January comes along. January ends, and then they end up with Jorginho. I was like, okay, I think this is good news. I was so happy. I mean, listen, if me, a person who hates Arsenal, is happy about Arsenal's window, that should tell you every freaking thing you should know of why your window is not a good one. <laughs> that should tell you everything. And to be fair, a lot of Arsenal fans did agree that it wasn't a good window, but it is what it is. Well, and on the game, the game against the game against um, um, Nottingham Forest, I, I think it was just one of those games where Arsenal just had to at least push to the final day because if they had lost now which they lost if they lost a loss in that game would basically crown man's the, the champions without even kicking the ball because if Arsenal had won that game right man would have to win which they did anyways against chelsea and probably would have been by a larger scoreline if they had them to play for right they'd have had to win but it but you know Arsenal just crowned the champions without winning. and this is the thing i was this is the thing it's very important that the way Arsenal lost the league is very important. Listen, let me explain what I mean. If Arsenal had had won, had lost the league, chasing Man City, saying, "Oh, we chased them to the end of the season," they started, they started springing up conspiracy theories. Oh, this is why. Oh, this is why. You lost by yourself with your own hands. You 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 gave you got you give Rab the title, knocked Man City's door in Manchester, 
and then handed it to them and say take bye bye after having it in your hand for basically 90% of the season if not more I'm this is just really not the start of it over my head because I think they were, they were top for a very long time statistically so I think they were top yeah, they were top for a long time I think for most part of the season they were top of the league so I think 90% figure will probably be about correct about the correct figure to 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 go to go with but it was just so funny to see how it happened because now even if you want to say oh man state team the man state team we face they're so good well against southampton you had a chance to win at the emirates you didn't you were tuning up at anfield you didn't win and listen i'm not i'm not hearing that excuse of oh um we we were away from home it's anfield it's not an easy place to play now nah, you threw away two goal lead if, if you can't tell me that you look at the teams that have won the title all along, right? Tuning up at a ground you're not expected to win. You do not go there and say, oh, we're tuning up. Okay, let's 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 chill. We're gonna try and win that game. The game against Liverpool, first half Arsenal were very good, right? I didn't take advantage of a lot. Second half, Liverpool came alive. But Arsenal would have done better, because right? Gave away a penalty. Yes, Salah missed the penalty, but I think Liverpool got one eventually, but I think they got one in that first half. It was two-one. Liverpool came alive towards the end, but in that second half when he came, I think Arsenal should have tried their best. Okay, fine. We are going to try and you know, no matter what, we're going to get this. Two, we're going to get these three points. No matter what, we're going to try and get this one. Even if we die trying, we will. And it was just a matter of time for Liverpool got that winning goal. And listen, I was happy about it. got that equalizer, make it two-two. You lost so against West Ham also, two goes up. You had no right to draw two-two against West Ham. And don't forget, don't forget, Saka missed the penalty in that game against West Ham. Right, so Antonio missed a crucial goal that probably would have given West Ham the win, but it was more on Arsenal. Arsenal were tuning up already, so there was no reason. So, even if you want to say the Manchester squad you played against was so good, there's also the fact that Arsenal on their own were they on their own, on, on, they were on their own undoing. Against Nottingham Forest, they were so poor. I mean, it's just like they said, Listen, we've lost the league, let's just resign to the fact that we've lost the league and let's just have fun. Basically, let's just, let's just go on holiday right now. It will not surprise me if they lose the last game, the game on the very last game. Because psychologically, I think they are done. I think if I when the more I look the game against the, the game against Man City at the Etihad, I think that's the one that Man City won. Yes, there's a January one. I get it. January when Man City went to the Emirates and won 3 1. In that game, but Man City drew the next game. I think it was against Nottingham Forest or Everton. They drew and Arsenal won. And Arsenal regained their lead back and then they went back. I think it was five points clear eventually also. I think they gained some points back again. So that's not extending their lead of the table, right? So there was that. But I think the one at the Etihad, it was such a dominant performance that I think Arsenal never recovered from that particular game. It was, that was how dominant man they were. Could have easily been falling in the first half alone. And the 4-1 result flattered Arsenal. And that is saying in my league. I'm sure, trust me, that would have probably been an 8-2 <laughs> repeat of what my NSA did to Arsenal under, in the Fergie era. And, and listen, well, Arsenal fans may say, well, we did not anticipate, we never, we never um, hoped for top, we never hoped for a title challenge. We wanted top four, I've gotten it. But there's no way you are, if you're an Arsenal fan, there's no way you're not feeling a bit of disappointment. You know, you know why? It's a bit of disappointment because I have been in this position before. Sports, 15-16 season. Oh, every sports fan says they wanted top four before that season starts, before that season begun, began. That was the season Cristiano got some of his guys in, right? Taking some players in, some of the new guys in. He offloaded a lot of the dead wood, a lot of the players that were not good enough, and brought in some of his players, some of his guys. There was that period, right? Squad finished third. Now, even if everybody said, well, at least it was tough for we wanted, anyways. Yeah, but a lot of sports fans still felt disappointed because why? You lost on the final day. It's not even about finishing above Arsenal, finishing below Arsenal at that time. It was more of 
you win the title race. Technically, you, even though you were never top of the league at any point, because even though everyone tell us that sports bottles that league, you just that feeling of you in a title race. You f- you were f- you were two for fourteen minutes against Leicester against the not only derby. You were two one up in for fourteen minutes. You know that even if even if uh, Leicester had even if Leicester were top, there were games where sports should have won. I would have taken sports to the top and just ended that weekend. But sports ended up not winning that game. The game against West Brom at I remember the game against West Brom at White Hart Lane, one one draw. Sports were one 0 up. I think it was um, Craig Dawson who ended up scoring the equalizer, one one. Sports against West Brom. I remember that game very well. So I remember that ninth. It was Monday night football. Sports had a chance to win. I think Leicester eventually went and beat Sunderland and extended their lead. So even if Sports finished top four, there was just that just little disappointment that oh my god, I think we should have we should have gotten the actual league title. That so moved past. Season against Chelsea, still 17 season. Also the next season, right? Finish second behind Chelsea. Even though sports finished second, there was still that feeling of disappointment. Oh yes, top four is the target, yes, but there's still that feeling of disappointment that should have done better. So, Yane Asmafan was telling me that, oh, it was top four they wanted, they never cared. Nah, you care. There's no way you are not thinking of how you are going to rub it in, how you are going to gloat and boast about how you are the champions of England. There's no way. So, I am going to enjoy this moment. The bottling of Arsenal. <laughs> the bottlers. <laughs> Yeah, and, and the game that day, there's one thing I want to talk about, right? Um, Jesus, when the season started, you know, I think before before the Jesus, before him even, before he even joined us now, we always had this opinion of Jesus that he's not prolific. We've always known this for a long time. He's not a prolific striker. I think he's the first Brazilian striker to go to a World Cup and not score a single goal. That was 2018. The 2018 World Cup, he didn't score a single goal at the World Cup, which is very un-Brazil striker-like, if that is <laughs> a way to put it. But when I saw that, I was like, okay, um, that was not a good sign. And Arsenal went and signed him. Now, listen, it was a good signing for Arsenal. Started the season, you know, very playing really well with the start. But, you know, one of the reasons why I always talk about Arsenal getting a striker in January, or why I talk about Arsenal getting a striker in January, was simply because of that. Even when he got injured, right? But he wasn't the guy who got injured. Yes, Martinelli and Saka were, you know, the positions they played, and Jesus was working so well with them at the start of that season. But you just got that. Everybody just knew that he would not deliver the goals. Now, if you want to win the league, your striker has to get 20 goals, right? You need a striker to get, that gets you 20 league goals. The problem now, if you can't get a striker that gets 20 league goals, it has to be distributed properly. So, Manchester won the league, right? So, you since Manchester won the league without strikers, 2021 season, 2021-22 season, when he won those two leagues, those two seasons, if you observed, the goals was distributed. Gunnogan was chipping in, De Bruyne was chipping in. Um, I think Gunnogan and De Bruyne were the, like the two main goal threats. I think combined the both. I think. Gundogan scored up to like 18 goals or, or 17 if I remember correctly or 15 or so. De Bruyne was about around that number or so. But the goals were evenly distributed because they played like a 4-2-4 system where they had like two... Basically, well, there was no strikers basically, right? But it was like a 4-2-4 system. I think it was De Bruyne and this guy in the middle there. Um, De Bruyne and, um, and um, Gundogan if I remember correctly. I'm not sure I remember their tactics very well. So I remember the personnel who was there, but I, knew, I remember the, that was a lot of system they used to catch the league that year. When they won the league, they had that, right? They were able to distribute the goals properly. Now, with Arsenal, were they going to do it? Well, even if Jesus was supplying, should have at least scored. Because remember, even if Femino won, even if Liverpool won the league, Salah and Mane, they scored above 20 league goals, right? They scored above 20 league goals, so you have to go supply from two positions. So, technically, technically it's like two strikers scoring 20, 20 league goals each. And each of those guys... They won points for themselves. So I remember one, they won the team points. I remember the game against Norwich City. Sport, sorry, Liverpool Norwich City away from home. Money just coming from injury. 
they throw on Mane, Mane comes on, scores the one nil, the, the winner to make it one nil. Liverpool get the important three points. So those guys, they want points individually for games, if, you know, for them. Even the, I think the Man United game, Liverpool's Man United, Liverpool scored Salah. I think Salah scored two goals in that game. Was it two goals? Because Salah scored one where Allison assisted the ball and then Salah was with it and then Salah scored. So even if you're going, they're going to get that now. Saka and Martinelli, for that to happen. Each of them had to score 20 league goals. Each of them had to score 20 league goals. Was that happening? You know, at the way they started, some people will be like, okay, maybe they will. And this is one thing about football. You know, in the moment, everybody can say anything. It's, 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 um, oh yeah, it's happening. It's this, the best thing is sliced bread. But nobody, most people never really think about the fact that there's going to be a deep eventual, there's going to be an eventual deep. And to be fair, when Salan, sorry, when um, Saka and Martinelli were starting and were scoring and were doing their thing, I was like, I don't know if these guys are going to drop because they look like they were not. Because most of the questions I was asking, they were passing those tests. The questions I was asking, they were actually passing them, right? I said, I think Martinelli had gotten like 11 goals at one point. I mean, Saka was you no know, chipping. I think both of them had gotten double figures at one point. They were just chipping and they were just scoring. Jesus was assisting. And even in the first two matches, Jesus almost got a hat trick against Leicester, right? Against Leicester, he almost got a hat trick. He got two league goals in that first. I only got a first hat trick against Leicester. I mean, Arsenal started really well against Bournemouth. He scored, you know. So I was thinking, okay. I mean, even if Jesus gets 15 league goals, Saka and Martinelli gain 20 each. At least that would be good enough for them. But you know, that didn't happen. But all the same, I'm happy about Arsenal's bottling. I think I spent too much time talking about them. But it was so. But Jesus was so poor against. Um, Nottingham Forest. I've seen Arsenal fans complain. I was just laughing. I was like, listen, you guys glued to us that he's the best thing since sliced bread. Well, you're going to see the reason why a lot of persons just don't think he's the guy. But yeah, I think I spent so much time talking about Arsenal. Um, I enjoyed their bottling again. I'm sure my Arsenal supporting friends listening to this will. <laughs> they enjoy listening to my pod when I was talking about them in good light. I think they're all going to run. They're going to, they're all going to run now. <laughs> but yeah, so let's go to the next, next game. Now, the game that's um, to Chelsea and Man City. Now Man City at home, um, one game, one nil. And because Arsenal lost, because Arsenal lost and basically handed the league title to Man City the previous day, which was on Saturday evening, Man City just listed, they listed, they, they listed a, um, a week inside. The results, I mean, it was Ortega and the goalpost, Colton Palmer, Colton, Colton Palmer, Colton Palmer. I think Carlton or Colton. I think Carlton. Carlton Palmer. Alvarez, I mean, Foden, these are guys that were not starting normally, right? But they started these guys. Obviously, there was a mix of some of their first choice guys, I mean. But, you know, it was mostly a weak inside. Technically, relative, relatively weak inside, because that side is not weak. In. That side can still finish top four. So, it's not, it's not even relatively weak inside. And um, the fact that Chelsea could not beat that side is, is um, it is worrying for Chelsea fans and laughable. Because, you know, when you... You look, yeah, Chelsea had chances. I know Lewis Hall was having, having quite some chances on shots. But I'm thinking to myself, so if Arsenal had beaten Nottingham Forest and, you know, Man City to win that game, to win the league, can you imagine what would have happened to Chelsea if they actually said the, the, the big guns? I'm talking Haaland, KDB. And as a start, Chelsea are the only team that did not concede a single league goal to Haaland all season. Now, it's an admirable record for them when you look at the damage Haaland has done all season. But it is funny because Haaland played... I think Haaland came on in 78 minutes in this recent game. Yeah, the first game, I understand, he didn't get go touch in the box at Stamford Bridge. That was when Manchester won. It was, I think it was KDB who scored the winner. It was Mario who scored a free kick. I can't remember. But that was a very good start, relatively good start. But not like you should care that much. But 
Um, if you look at it closely, the fact that Haaland, Haaland came on in 68 minutes, I think if he had started this game, maybe there would have been a different scoreline for Chelsea. But I think the fact that Man City really happened to play for in this game, you know, sort of saved Chelsea from embarrassment. Let's be real, it, I think it was what saved Chelsea from embarrassment because there would have been a proper beat down. I'm talking proper beat down if, if it wasn't, you know, if it was the other way, if, if they had to win this game. But again, thank you, Man City, for, for doing the job. Thank you very much. And then you shout out to, uh, to the work that you has done. I mean, listen, right? I'm not I'm not one of those football fans that is on a camp of any manager, right? So Mourinho and Guardiola, I appreciate both managers. I enjoy their impact in the game, right? I like the fact that because I don't believe football can be played only one way. I don't think it should be played only one. I don't think it's only one way it should be played. If you play football only one way, it's boring. And then there's only going to be one winner, the, and the one winner is going to be the originator or the person who basically the originator because you can't do something, you can't copy something better than the original, no matter how you try. Especially when it comes to creativity and tactics, I form of creativity. Even though there's a lot of calculations that go into it and some thinking, some logical thinking, analytical thinking in it, there is some form of creativity there in that tactic. I mean, as much as we, as much as I believe that Guardiola's tactics tend to restrict. Uh, players from doing most certain things. Listen, it doesn't mean that he's a bad coach or anything, but because of the patterns of play, he has so much implemented, right? He's like, okay, you must do, you must do, you must do, you must do this. I remember, I, I've, said this, I've said, this, said this more than once. I remember watching um, Monday Night Football, also one of the analysts, and Thierry Henry was talking about him playing for Guardiola at, the, at one point. He's playing on the left, and then Barcelona, they're playing, but they've not scored a goal. They haven't scored, and they're struggling clearly. And then TT is on the left, right? And then he's like, okay, let me go where I can get a goal. Goes through the middle, scores a goal. According to him, Guardiola takes him off. Guardiola takes him off, why? You know, he sort of ruined the system according to the story, right? And there's the thing, that's Guardiola, right? So, Master's patterns of play, they're so beautiful to watch. Some person think it's boring because it's predictable and this is how they do it and they do everything. But on the, on the other side, I, I think sometimes it's very good to see it when it works so well. The patterns of play work over and over and over and over again, you know. And then with Mourinho's style, yes, people say he packs the bus and all, but if you watch Mourinho's different teams across the last, I don't know, from the time of his career, each of them have played different styles. His Porto side is different. They were more of pressers. They were like uh, wild dog when they hunted the ball. There was the is an Inter Milan side, completely different style of play with how they deployed. I mean, that was mostly veterans and experience, right? Then um, the Real Madrid side, the counter-attacking style that they adopted. Is um, Chelsea side also, right? They played on Sunday football, yes, but second half of the season, they had to shut shop, you know, shut up the shop. But Chelsea, you know, sorry, Mourinho has had different types of his career, different parts of his career. So I think that's, they are different. I think it's just good to appreciate both of them. And Guardiola this season, I think mid-season, the, the, the fact that he had to go into that room and just think and just come up with different tactics. Yeah, there's no new thing under the sun. There's no new tactic. Um, there's nothing new about the first nine. The first nine rule I've been using it was using the 50s. Hungary team. I think if I remember where French Pushkash, Hungary, England. I think it was that 1950-something game between England and, and um, Hungary at, at at Old Wembley, right? And then there was that tactic. They used the first nine tactic. Obviously, I wasn't born then. I was just, <laughs> I've done a lot of research on this thing. But it was that old tactic, right? They've used it before. It's nothing new under the sun. Even some of the, a lot of the um, Guardiola tactic we see, inspired by Johan your, your, um, your Cruyff, a lot from Marcelo Bielsa. 
So Coordinator has been somebody who, so a lot of his tactics is more like combination, connection, and then he forms something. But we can't dismiss the fact that he brought something through in the middle of the season to help. Start of the season, their tactic was a lot different. So back four, Cancelo on the left side, as a left back, but more of like an auxiliary winger. I can't do playing the right back, so he would talk inside, and then you would have Cancelo be like an auxiliary winger. I've said it multiple times. I think the goal against Southampton also sort of showed that. That was one of the perfect um, illustrations of it, right? That showed the beauty of that tactic so well. And um, yeah, they won, they won games right there, but their form was not consistent enough, right? Middle of the, they switched to their 4-2-4. Against Arsenal, no, sorry. When they lost Cancelo in January, because after like, Cancelo was like, I want to leave, I want more playing time. They showed him the door. Cancelo come, so um, he played Rico Lewis there. I played for settled on Ben Silva. Went to the Emirates, tried the tactics, didn't work. Second half, they were 1-1, 1-1 in the first half. Second half, brings on, um, 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 sorry, switch to their 4-4 system. Works like, works and wins 3-1. As the season was going, they stumbled, well, I say stumbled on, on or devised the 3-2-4-1 system. I mean, it was amazing to me because when I was, all my life I've been watching football, I always believe that, you know, once you have, you need to have full backs, you need to have centre backs available in your system. But to play with no, I mean, yes, Kyle Walker is a recognised uh, fullback, but he's not playing as a fullback, you know, as a traditional fullback in that game. Akawaka Walker is known for being able to play as a right side centre back in the back three. So, technically, he's like a centre back. Technically, he's not. So, I don't think I'll call him a fullback in that formation, in that tact, in that formation they used. But again, it's cool to see that mid season was able to come to, to, to change. Five titles in the last six seasons, trust me, that is not easy at all. I know people would say, well, if you give them money, if you give him money, of course, he will know what to do. Just give, throw money at every single thing. It doesn't work that way. I mean, we've seen it with Chelsea already that if you throw money at anything, it's not going to make it work. You have to, you need to have the personnel who have the technical know how to do it. So that's why, even though I know people are exaggerating when they say, oh, um, give me the job, I, will, I can win the title at PSG, I can win the title at this, you can't. That's real, you can't. <laughs> You could have the best of the best, but you just need to know how to do it. And on that note, I think that's a bit unfair. Guardiola's squad, the signings they make, I've spoken about the good of the other recruitment team is really, really good at sporting talents and getting them for quite a really low fee if you, if you look at it. For example, right, Alvarez is 12 million pounds. Gundogan didn't cost like 100 million pounds. I mean, he didn't. KDB, KDB was there before he joined. So, didn't spend money on KDB, right? Walker, 50 million pounds. Yes, most expensive right back at the time. I think before Juan Bissaka, was it Juan Bissaka? I think he's still the most expensive fullback. Or was it? I can't remember if he still is or if he isn't anymore. It was Carl Walker. You know, then, yes, Cancelo, but they've lost Cancelo, right? Now, who play, I can't use like 17 million pounds, right? Um, who else again? I think Stones, Stones, 50 million pounds, yes. I guess Stones. I mean, there's Diaz, Diaz like 50 or something. Yes, there's some expensive players around this, but. There are other teams who have spent a bad amount of money on players, but they've not hit the ground running. So, even if we want to say, oh, the tactic is this, oh, he's spending so much money on the players. No, he isn't. He, he, okay, yes, he is. Yes, sorry. I made a mistake. Yes, he is spending so much on the players. But, personnel-wise, he is getting them on the, he's getting the right positions that he needs for the system. And also, tactical flexibility. The flexibility in the man's had used to really change tactics multiple times. Most squads, you'll be able to do that with most squads. There are players who can only own position. I mean, putting stones in midfield. Obviously, stones has a good passing ability, right? As center back, he's a good ball playing center back. So pushing him in midfield is sort of a could work, right? Akanji being able to play on the right side of the back, on the on the right at first starting at right back, 
playing then playing on the left side of the back of the of their back three. I'm putting their back three in quotes because <laughs> you know where they start that system. Put him on, play on the left side. That's the role where Ake could play. Then if you look at um, the flexibility of KDB, sometimes as a second striker, the role the, the roles KDB has been to play. I mean, remember the, the game against Arsenal, the Emirates. I mean, even though yes, it was last, it was like a four, like a four four two somehow. Yeah, KDB, KDB and Haaland were like two of them. It was like this old school big man, small man, center um, striker pairing. You know, it was, that was similar to that. I mean, it's it was beautiful to watch different tactics being utilized and just thrown around. It was just so beautiful to watch. But yeah, um, let's get me here. Um, the sports game now. Um, I'm livid. I, I don't know if I will use the word livid. I think maybe livid is a bit of a stretch, cause um, I think sports just sports just just really really blew, just really pissed me off completely. I mean, they did, cause listen, even if you want to. I don't know. They are fun of this thing. They are fun of this thing, right? Where they start a game really well, and then first half they have all the chance in the world, and then second half they just fall apart and capitulate. And I don't know if I can focus much on the game. I'm just going to focus more on, you know, aside the obvious fact that we need um, proper investment, and, and not just investment. I'm talking about manager, director of football. Now, yes, there's Scott Mon who has now taken over football activities. Livy has taken a step back. We've heard that, but we heard that before. We heard that he's going to take a step back when Paratici was in charge. Let's all things being equal. Let's, for example, let's pause the fact that Paratici has, you know, a corruption, a scandal. So we we heard that we leave it before, and now we're not we're not we're not we've heard that. Let's say we've heard it. Of, let's just say we've heard it before. We've heard it before. Oh, I'm going to take a step back. Da da da. And here we are. <laughs> but. But but I, I'm not again. I'm not gonna come here and say, well, I'm gonna give him another chance. I'm not. I think the chances were what they ended. The amount of chances just ended around 2020. After 2020, I was like, nah, this guy he clearly doesn't really know. He's, he's not he's not caught up for this thing at all. And I like the fact there's a lot of pressure on him. And you know, when the game was going on, I was saying first half was really good, right? We were really really good. Brentford couldn't get a sniff, right? I mean, yes, they're threatening a bit, but Spurs were in so much control. Bissouma looked very good, and the tactics was used. It was not a 4-4-2, but I don't know if Kulisewski was more of like a free roll, like a number 10. Then you had Danjuma on the right and Son on the left. I mean, Spurs were good. Kane scored, you know, free kick for the first time. In the, <laughs> that was the first time I was for free kick. Although, technically, it wasn't really a free direct, it wasn't a direct free kick, to be fair. Because, I mean, it was rolled for him, and then he took a shot. That was a very good goal, very great goal, right? But... I just really, really found it. Um, I was finding that musical. A lot of fans were saying, "Well, um, oh, Messi is going to be the permanent manager." I was like, "Nah, please don't don't get any funny ideas." In the first half, Levy probably looked like, "Okay, maybe this might work." And then second half, everything falls apart. I'm like, "Yes, you know, it, I, it's more." Of, I'm happy. Listen, I will spoil. It's more than one. I would have been happy. Yes, I would have been happy, but. I feel more of I feel indifference, not like okay, it's more of indifference than okay. I'm actively supporting sports, you know. It's more of indifference now to know the season. I'm like, just end the season. Let me just rest. You've done enough damage to my mental health and my emotional state. Just end the season. Let me have a good summer. At least that's not even the league. That's the only consolation I can have. <laughs> but yeah, um, in the game, there's I think the problem still persists. I mean, centre backs are still much needed. And I, I just like the only good, the positive is that we don't get we don't see anything we didn't see anything that's gonna make us do into thinking oh um, 
this is, means we don't need this. No, I think every all the problems, the fact that they are recurring, they keep showing. I think it's making a lot of fans want to realize, okay, yeah, maybe we, we maybe we we have to to take the right step and you know accept that this club needs a proper surgery. And on the managerial search with um, Negosman, um, report the Negosman reports tend to come on and off. Like I'm I'm confused. Sometimes we hear oh, Negosman is going to be the next guy. Negosman is who sports are interested in. He's back in the race. And then we hear oh he's not in the race. The club could not agree. With you. Whatever it is, please make a choice. I, the report that came out about the Negosman stuff that 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 ended the recent most recent one or not the most recent one the one before this most recent one where we be hearing that oh Negosman is back in the race is the fact that Negosman wanted a director of football and the club are like we want a director of football and then we appoint a manager so they're basically saying we will appoint our own director of football you just come in and work with him I don't understand how that makes makes a lot of sense because if I'm the one that's if I'm the coach and one that's coming to do the job. I should be able to get what I want if you want me to succeed. So why do you think you should decide for me what I should and shouldn't, who I should and shouldn't get? So I can't. I get the fact that he, I get him for saying, "Oh no," you are know, taking a step back and saying, "No." Whatever sports do, Liverpool should not be operating in football operations. I, I think it's going to be very difficult because of the way he likes to be hands-on in the operations and all. But I really, really hope that he doesn't get involved. You know, if this Scott Moon guy is Scott Moon is the new guy that they're giving, there's there's the guys start football operations. It's kind of history has shown that Levy tend not to take a step back. Let's just put it that way. Tend to take a step back, and um, it's going to change to see how it plays out in the summer. Well, there, there are funny reports that Eric Dyer is, is probably going to get a three-year contract, and some people are thinking that he has signed already, but you know they are not announcing it because of and listen I, do, I don't get this if the fans have told you very well if the fans you know very well that the fans will not accept this why are you doing this there's no logical reason for a guy to get a new contract for him to even stay this long he's not a home, he's not a homegrown player he's not good enough so listen if Dyer was not good eh, we know he's not good right if Dyer isn't good if he was a homegrown player and he had a homegrown quota that he was feeling that is fine this one he isn't good and he's filling up a homegrown quota spot that would be better utilized for a foreign player who would do it would be much better if for the squad, for the team, than Dyer. But the fact that Dyer is still there and they are three year contract, I mean, there's no logical reason why. I mean, if you just let his contract run out and just show him the door, I mean, he's going, he's going to be due for a testimonial like next year, which is 2024, because he joined 2014, which is very amusing. Because, you know, if you look at the kind of players that play for sports long, over the years, and then look at the fact that, oh, um, Daya is due. Daya could get a testimonial. Oh, come on, man. Come on. I mean, it's laughable. Listen, players like Daya should be shown the door. There's no logical reason why he should stay there. Economic reason, oh, yeah. Well, there's no economic reason either. If you give him a new contract, yes, he gets a new contract. You want to sell him. Who wants to buy? Will Daya himself want to join on that mid table? And technically, sports are mid table. So, go, uh, statistically, now, because of the season has gone, sports are like a mid table side now. Would you. Because sports are likely to finish mid-table. I mean, look at the form of Brighton. Brighton are basically going in for that Europa League spot. So, if Brighton get top six, Liverpool probably finish fifth. Because um, Liverpool, Man's, I think Man United and Newcastle need one point from their remaining matches to get top four. So, Liverpool may get fifth. If Brighton win, Brighton look much better. Because, I mean, sports are playing Leeds on the last day. And the way Leeds are, and the way sports are playing, it's very easy to play one winner in that game. You know, but... If you look at this, these things, I think very very likely sports may end up, look at Brentford also, Brentford's form is very good. I mean, sports may end up finishing 8th or 9th, <laughs> and we start on Europe entirely, which personally I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind. 
I mean, there's things in Europe I would, I would mind. You know, I'd be like, okay, yeah, but I wouldn't really care if they don't. I just don't really care. Just end this season, let me just rest. That's my own. But you see, with sports, right? It's not. It doesn't make any any sense with how they they run things. And that's just my. That's just the big issue for me here. You know, the dire thing. It doesn't make any sense. Show them the door. Let them let them say, okay, bye bye. You know, done well. Show them the door and let them leave. That's just my own here for me. So <laughs> I don't know, man. Whatever happens, happens. But yeah, um, I think that's as much as I can say about sports in the meantime. Let me quickly talk about Liverpool. I spoke about Liverpool and I spoke about um, Liverpool. Oh yeah, I haven't forgot. Villa also in the running. So sports may even finish ninth. <laughs> Come on, man. Di- oh yeah, I felt I lost my train of thought. I was talking about Dyer. So if you give Dyer a new contract, Dyer could Dyer now stays, right? You want to sell him. You want to sell him for £20 million. There is no economy or £20 plus million. Pounds. There is no way he could command a large fee. He isn't upgrown. So even if you are signing him, you are signing, you are basically signing a foreign player. You bring him to your squad, he's not good enough. And then he's taking up the spot that your foreign players could take, or even any good player would take in your squad. So I would there want to leave? Absolutely not. I mean, if I listen, look at this. If you live in London, play for sports, and big money, what is the point of wanting to leave? Let's be real. Put yourself in the shoes. You will not want to leave. If you're in a good contract, you're in a good location. I mean, nobody, most people don't want to leave, and that's just the truth. And, you know, I don't know. There's no there's no logical sense in the new Dyer's new contract. That's just my take. Oh yeah, and Villa and um, Liverpool. Liverpool are fifth. I think Villa are sixth. Then it's seventh. Brent. I think it's a Brighton seventh. And Brighton, the Jeb after their game against United when they won three one, the Jeb made it clear that listen, we're not good for Conference League. We want Europa League football. And the final is going to be interesting. For people that I want, that I want, that I want to have a um, serious life, that I want to be sure with their life. I might not watch the sports game on the last day. I might likely watch it. You know, but I would me even even if I say I won't watch it, I end up watching it. And that's the thing about me with sports. I'm end up taking a sneak peek. But all they have to do is just do one good thing, and then I end up watching the game. The game against Brentford last weekend, I, I didn't really care. And then when I heard they were playing well in the group chat, I was like, okay. And I went and I checked out the game. I was like, oh, these guys are playing well. Second half, they pissed me off. I was like, oh man, you guys are going to rest. <laughs> so <laughs> it happens. That's all it takes for me to start watching sports. But yeah, um, Liverpool. One, one, I don't. I think these Liverpool fans. Many Liverpool fans are resigned, but they've lost hope in top four completely. I think my answer is if they get a, one, a draw against Chelsea, I think they draw goal. There's always a goalless draw against Chelsea every season between my answer and Chelsea. So <laughs> we're going to see that again. And Newcastle need a point. Well, I think it's pretty easy. My prediction, low in the last month, few months, where I think Man City were going to win it. Arsenal second. I mean, obviously there was a lot of sentimental, you know, sentimental reason behind me picking, you know, these guys at first, right? Man City at first. I mean, there was a sentiment there. But I, I thought the logic just it just made too much sense that it's going to be Man City. Then I thought third was going to be third and fourth was going to be Newcastle and Man- Arsenal. Newcastle and Man United just basically alternating as those two spots. But yeah, um, that's the that's it for me, right? And Liverpool will just probably not really worry about it. I think the Europa League might just end up being this position competition. And it's funny, Brighton manager wants to go to the Europa League. But Liverpool fans are saying they don't want to go to the Europa League. You know, it's it's that kind of thing. It's like this, right? The privilege comes from a privileged environment, having certain things, and certain things that he, the person is not calling, the person is, you know, basically dismissing. Somebody who's coming from an environment that is less privileged, is saying, wow, this is a luxury to me. That's similar to what's happening with Liverpool and Brighton here. But yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Um, next weekend is the final final um, Premier League weekend. Now, I mean, I mean, I, obviously, I, as much as I want this thing to end, 
I'm going to miss sports technically because um, <laughs> even as much as I want to say end the season, I think you know I tend to I might eventually miss sports and it just happens and that's just it for me. But yeah, thanks for listening to this episode. Have a nice rest of the week. I'll see you guys next weekend. Oh, sorry, in the midweek. I'll see you in the midweek. There's some midweek football happening. In the, there's some, some midweek football in the, in the mid. There's some midweek football. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I'll probably go back midweek. Talk about some football football matches. Oh, before I go, um, Vinicius Junior, right? Quickly, um, the racism stuff, the, race, the racial abuse that he suffered yesterday. Um, I, I don't, I'm not an avid follower of La Liga, but one of the news that always pops up every other weekend, it's about Vinicius being racially abused. I let go Madrid fans. I think they played against Valencia yesterday, and you know, and Valencia fans were, you know, Valencia fans were very, very, very much, you know. And here's the thing: I've always maintained this, right? You know, when people say, "Oh, walk out, walk out to the pitch," and all. This is my take on this thing, right? I think it's up, the, the person who has been racially abused, the decision is up to that person. And, you know, Kotoa said, oh yeah, if he had said he should walk out, I would have walked out. And that was cool. You know, that's very cool that he's backing up his player. You know, even though people came out and supported him on social media, which, you know, is a very good gesture, I think at the end of the day, Vinicius. Vinicius, do you want to walk out? He said he wanted to continue. Again, there's no but, there's no ifs. It wasn't acceptable that the guy should be racially abused. I mean, for immutable characteristics, I don't, I don't think anybody should be made fun of for immutable characteristics that they possess. I mean, it was really unfair, but that being said, I think yesterday, uh, listen, it takes a whole lot of mental strength to be able to withstand that and to try to play. I think it was, if I remember correctly, it got sent off yesterday. It takes a whole lot of mental strength to be able to endure that. This guy has been getting abused for months. And even though the opposition fans say, yes, we won and we got it. And people say, well, why is it only him? Other black footballers are in Spain. Well, this is the thing. Football fans and players, certain players have always had back and forth. It's not a new thing, right? Theo Walcott and sports fans, Hurricane and Arsenal fans, um, Drogba and Arsenal fans. You know, oh sorry, I shouldn't mention Hurricane. Hurricane isn't black. Um, Drogba and Arsenal fans. Um, I don't know who do I remember again. Um, ah, I can't remember most any players. But what, what I'm saying is, is right. There are players who have had that. Yeah. Fans and players, right? Even though, even though the both of them don't like each other, not literally, you know, it's more of like both sides. It's just like you, you, when you always score against us, you are, you are a pain in the ass, right? But it's more of like to push off the player from putting in a good performance, right? There is that. But now, when it comes to, it shouldn't be racist. It shouldn't be about racism. You can boo the player, you can do whatever you like, you know, to make it uncomfortable for the player. And when the racism comes, again, I said this, I've always said this. It's all to the player. It's up to the player himself to decide am I going to walk out or not if you want to continue and say well I want to like what Daniel Alves did that time when they threw a banana at him and he picked up and ate it and then he crossed I think he gave, ended up giving two assists and he said the banana gave him powers to assist even though it didn't stop it's it's just one of those things I, I just think it's up to the player and, and for me I, again I always maintain it's not really acceptable I, I always maintain that that's just my take on that but yeah thanks for listening um, hopefully um, La Liga does something about that and um, good luck to everybody you know involved Thanks for listening. Have a nice week and um, see you guys in the midweek and bye.